T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we are live from the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the Jingle All the Way 5K to benefit the Greg Hill Foundation. And you can hear us a little better now. Greg has left and begun his six-hour quest to complete five kilometers on the course. <laughs> we have uh, a – it's really an unbelievable scene here. I would say upwards of maybe 1,500 runners here in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It is freezing out. It is chilly i had i had i think four bottles of poland spring water on my way up here trying to hydrate and then i just had to navigate to the bathroom and i nearly peed my pants Yikes. so it was quite a, <laughs> while i'm not running that i think was more impressive than many of the people out there on the course but if you'd like to join us 617-779-7937 ken laird is under the weather he is at home today so chris shime Flex time shine, replacing Ken Laird. The irony, it's tremendous. It is amazing. And uh, we've been talking about the crestfallen Heim Bloom, the departure of Xander Bogarts, the bizarre report from Greg Bedard, which stated that Monday is the biggest game for Bill Belichick to coach since Tom Brady departed New England, which I think is blasphemous. But if you agree with any of that or want to weigh in on that after, we just have the governor and Greg on, 617-779-7937. But I want to go back briefly, Shime, to Friday. We were discussing a uh, Mac versus Fields uh, topic, yep, and it got people going a bit. And I think while Monday is laughably not Bill Belichick's most important game in any stretch, I do believe that these final five games will go a long way in defining Mac Jones's future within the organization. Without a doubt. You have been the card-carrying member of Mac Not That Good for better part of two years now, and what do you need to see, if anything, or what are, do you believe that the Patriots on the 10th of December, 2022, know what their plan is with Mac going forward, or do you think there is still much left to be seen? No, I think there's much left to be seen. It is very, very up in the air. I would, at this point, I would deem it a coin toss, to mm. be completely honest with you, because you look at his rookie season, and he had a pretty good rookie season. Were there some mistakes? Sure. Every rookie's going to make mistakes. There's growing pains with every player in football. I, I give that to everyone, but... Then in the second year, Bill, Bill Belichick comes out before the season and says, Mac Jones has made dramatic improvements. He's taken these big steps forward to taking the next uh, step in his career. And then you see him come out in those games, and it's like, okay, game one, Miami, it was tough, fine, whatever. But then continues to turn the ball over, ends up getting injured in that Baltimore game, comes back, gets yanked by Belichick in that 
Bears game and just has not looked the same. And now he looks scared. It, it's it's weird because no other quarterback in football, at least the major, the vast majority of them, the coach isn't telling him right before they take the field, hey, don't turn the f- football over today. Whatever you do, don't turn it over. Because that's what it feels like Belichick is doing to Mac, which I, I think is unfair to the kid, but at the same time, he it's, he's not good enough to just be okay with him turning the ball over because like someone like Patrick Mahomes, he may turn the ball over, but he's going to get you three touchdowns in the process. Yeah, my, my biggest issue with Mac Jones and really what permeates through the locker room is the lack of accountability. And if you were to say, ask me to give one word that defined the Patriots for 20 years, it was accountability. Sure. Whether it was Willie McGinnis demanding it in the locker room, Tom Brady on the offense, Bill Belichick, the Kraft family, up and down the roster, you almost never heard people within that organization after a game say, "Up, oh, they got lucky." You know, it was, "I need to coach better. I need to play better. I we can't rely on X." And if you go back through the losses this year, the first loss of the season, Mac disappears, bad back that he's somehow miraculously practicing practicing later that week doesn't answer questions. Yep. The Ravens loss, he doesn't answer questions because he he we thought, like, broke his ankle for the rest of the year. You go back to the Vikings loss. It was all about the, the ref and, you know, the, the, the overturning of the Hunter Henry touchdown, touchdown catch. You go now with the Bills game. You have the head coach being asked by Alan Siegel about the penalties, saying, well, our defense and this and that, and, like, creating these qualifiers for a stat that is a stat. You know, you yeah. can say you don't belong. Numbers are numbers. It, they, they are the most penalized team in the NFL. They have had the most accepted penalty differential between them and their opponent each week the entire season. Correct. In layman's terms, they have been the most penalized team compared to their opponent, which is the only thing that matters in a given day, in the entire NFL. The, the fact that the top-to-bottom members of this organization have refused any form of accountability is, I think, the biggest reason we sit here in the middle of year three after Brady with no idea what direction they're going. But you also see a trickle-down effect, too, right? Like, you mentioned all those players that demanded accountability. Well, now, Mac goes up there, and because the ownership and, and Belichick aren't, you know, being accountable and demanding accountability, Mac goes up there, and he says, yeah, I need to play better, but I'd also like to be coached harder. There's always that but or that, uh, you know, and. The caveat. The caveat, exactly. And it's never just, yeah, we need to play better. When Josh Allen played, like, dog crap, uh, back in that Miami game, he came out and said, you can't win football games when your quarterback plays like dog bleed. Well, you even can't. with the Mac Jones play, right? You go back to the Bill interview the Monday morning after the win against the Jets. Yep. And while the interception that Mac threw was on a blown block and a, and a, a pressure, what happened there in that game was a pick six that was negated by a flimsy roughing the passer dumb penalty yeah so you ask bill about it monday and he's like well he got hit hard i don't know what like instead of just saying yeah you know we can't have turnovers we got to clean that up it's like they're all trying to protect themselves and what the biggest sort of difference maker for championship teams versus the up-and-coming teams like think of the patriots and the rest of the afc east prior to the departure of brady the patriots never had to frame things in public that would be in the best interest of suiting individual interests. Never. Never they, once. They Did were you have always to... good enough to just rely on who they were and trust that they had the answers. Well, they have flipped that on its head. Completely. And the second you start doing that, the second the coach starts saying, 
you know, stipulating the penalty calls or the quarterback starts saying, well, we got to throw the ball downfield or the defensive player says the scheme's bad or the Kendrick Bourne says we got to scheme it up. You create this environment where if the head coach is doing it, it's open season for everybody on the team. And the next thing you know, your 500 team with nobody really having an accountability for the performance of the players. You're middling. And it's almost I, I almost wish Belichick would take a uh, Cassidy-esque approach and call out a couple guys. Right. He, but he refu- He will never throw anybody under the bus. And whether it's Mac Jones or Kendrick Bourne or whoever, he'll tell you he loves them. He'll tell you they're doing great. Um, you know, he famously, Greg, threw me under the bus and... Belichick said, uh, you know, Shime sees what he sees. <laughs> so I, it's it's this weird thing where... Greg is actually outside hiding under a bus. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't have to run this 5K. Uh, so it's it's this whole mentality that has seeped into the Patriots locker room that is now kind of becoming their demise, right? You're seeing the lack of, of good coaching in, in all the stupid penalties that they're getting. You're seeing the division between people like Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones and Matt Patricia. Right. And, and it's becoming a you're becoming the teams that we made fun of for 20 plus years right and the reality was is that the the difference between you and those teams wasn't that big it was that you just won and you trusted in the coach and the quarterback to win those games bingo which really is unfortunate because i don't know how you recreate an environment where there is accountability once you're already here like without like you know a come to jesus moment I don't know how you get back on track, but the one way you get back on track is to find out the quarterback. Yes, and it's a step in the right direction. I watch Justin Fields carve the Patriots up on Monday Night Football. Oh. He was incredible in that game. Yeah, he has far more talent, quote unquote, than Mac Jones does. However, the excuses you and Wiggy give to Justin Fields. You do not ever provide for Mac Jones. Oh, see, I think that's unfair. I do provide some excuses for Mac Jones. Like I, I, I have, I have, I have said multiple times this year. Has the offensive line been bad? Sure has. Matt Patricia sucks at play calling. That's not helping him. Do I think Mac Jones is better than what you're seeing this year? Yes. Ultimately, though, I just I think last year was more like of his ceiling. So I think he's somewhere in between rookie year and this year. Yeah, I think the issue for the Patriots going forward is I don't know who you're going to get next season that is going to be a step in the right direction, a guy that Bill can tell Kraft that he's working around. And I don't know who wants to come in here and really just jump aboard the Mack train and say, hey, this is a guy I want to coordinate for, like Bill O'Brien. Yeah. He's going to have a million opportunities. I mean, not a million. He's going to have – if he wants to stay – if he wants to be a head coach, he could get a job today in college anywhere. He did a phenomenal job with Penn State right after the Sandusky fiasco, paternal, all that. If if Bill O'Brien wants to go to the NFL and be a coordinator, I think he will have several jobs. I think as a head coach – I wouldn't put it past the Panthers looking at a guy. I wouldn't put it past the Chargers if uh, Staley is still, you know, wonky Staley with stinks. his horrible, you know, fourth Holy and smokes. three play calls, whatever. And obviously, if you're Bill O'Brien, you'd rather work for Herbert than you would for Mac Jones. 100%. So I, my thing is I don't see Justin Fields as this huge upside over Mac Jones, and I don't know where you go right now to replace Mac Jones and say, this is going to be the guy we're going to start next year as our guy going forward. Because Bill Belichick can't have musical chairs. If he wants to maintain his position as head coach and in charge of the football operations, there has to be a clear trajectory. 
in a different direction. I agree. And and so I, it's it's tough because if you had a guy like Justin Fields, he would cover a lot of the deficiencies that you have on offense, whether it be the lack of receivers. I mean, you look at the Chicago receivers. They straight up stink. Nikhil they, Harry actually caught a ball. Uh, and that was a great catch. Uh, their running backs are mediocre, and their offensive line blows. Their play caller finally figured it out ha- a year and a half into Justin Fields' career. So I think if you had a guy like that here, this team would be competing for the division title. But you're right. There is no quick fix. So I think – I think I've I think I've concocted the perfect three step process. Ooh, I love it for the Patriots. I, you know, Sununu might be uh, running for president. He'll probably announce that on the show later today. You know, so I needed to uh, you know match him and have a three step plan for the Patriots to get back to championship mode. I love it. Let's hear it. All right. Step one: strip the offense down to the studs. Get naked. That means everyone's out except. David Andrews and Ramondre Stevenson. Those are the only two guys. No Cole Strange? Nothing. Oh. I want nothing. I want nothing to do with anybody no on Hunter that offense. Henry? No Hunter Henry. He can walk at the end of his contract. Whatever. doesn't no, matter. I mean, no John is going to be missed, but boy. Yeah, we'll miss John Smith. I guess you can keep Jacoby Myers around. I like him. He's pretty good. But he's a free agent at and the end of the, the year, protocol. and you're probably not going to want to pay him. So, honestly, you trade Mac Jones. You strip the offense down to the studs. You... Get Matt Patricia out of there. Send him upstairs into the booth. Be your Ernie Adams or whatever, but don't let him call plays ever again. And then what you do is you just start fresh. You get a guy in here, maybe like a Jimmy Garoppolo, who can be here for a year or two, probably isn't going to be here much longer, but at least is your bridge to finding the quarterback, right? You need to start taking, throwing darts at the quarterback position. Hell, I'm fine with either even just running it back with Bailey Zappi and having a veteran come in back behind him. And you start building pieces around him. You start acquiring draft picks. That's why you're trading Mac. You're trading other assets to get pieces to allow yourself to build out an offense. And then finally, it's go and get a young, smart play caller. Go find a guy. You have to look, and that's the thing. I think Brian Dayball is the perfect example of this. He went and he looked at all the teams in the NFL and he said, okay, what are the best offensive teams? Okay, who's calling players for them? I want the guy right under him. So he goes and grabs Mike Kafka from the Chiefs, who's behind both Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy in terms of play calling. Right. Kafka comes and is calling some of the best plays in football for the New York effing Giants, who's, who aren't good. They are not 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four or whatever their record indicates. And I would just interrupt there for a quick second. If you're Robert Kraft and you see the Giants this year with the guy that used to work for you for seven years and you saw what the guy your head coach hired did with that, basically the same team. I mean, 90% of that offense yes. is identical. 100%. I know Barkley was injured and, you know, that he's a great player, but it's really it's the same quarterback. The exact same team. It's basically the same team. Last year they were taking knees on third down. This year – they are seven and five or seven and four. They're in the one. playoff hunt. They're in the playoff hunt, and they look like the whole roster was changed. Yeah. How do you sit back and see that and not say, what the F am I doing? Why did Bill hire this Joe Judge guy to come back here and coach a position he's not even meant to coach? Right, get rid of Cam McCord and put him in there as special teams coach again. Yeah, that that wouldn't be understandable. It's like, okay, you're bringing Joe Judge back to do what he does well because there's there's this thing called the Peter principle where if you— I hate PETA. Yeah. (laughs) If you keep giving a guy promotions, eventually he gets to a point where he just is overwhelmed by what you're giving him because he succeeded all— stuff so you assume he can continue but he just can't and sometimes guys just level out that's what joe judge is he's a special teams coordinator he should be there matt patricia should be a defensive coordinator slash position coach on the defensive right. side to of the say ball. nothing of their lack of football acumen 
Judge and Patricia are just gigantic hardos. Like yes. they, if you spend two seconds to sit up and relax and, and have some respect for the process, like come on. Like there are no redeeming qualities whatsoever about them. We're gonna punch in the nose for sixty minutes. Like I called the best play in Super Bowl history. A, you didn't. Oh my and god. And B, you didn't design any of it. Ernie Adams showed us that whole thing. Malcolm Go was Brian Flores, <laughs> not you. Right, and Brian Dope. Flores, the one of the brightest minds in football, is stuck in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and he was on the staff. It's like BC. Did you know that Boston College had Ryan Day as its offensive coordinator for two years? <laughs> did you know that Boston College had Ed Cooley, the best coach probably in America, who's leading the leading the Friars? I I was on the team as a manager freshman year. Ed Cooley ran the whole team. Al Skinner was in the back. They just let him leave. Like that's what the Patriots. I, I don't. The, the way in which that Bill was so able to, to to find, understand, and move talent that he knew within his own roster into the positions where they'd be successful, and how he has such a blind spot with coaches. It's insane, and he, and he has this mentality where he doesn't want to go outside the tree, right? The family tree is kind of where he stays. Right. Anybody that's in this Belichick tree or even the Saban tree, he'll pick from there. He refuses to go outside that, but... The issue is, is the shine has come off Bill Belichick. People only want to work for the Shanahan's, the McVeighs, those guys, the Andy Reeds. Name me a guy that outside trees. of Mike Vrabel. Name me a guy outside of Mike Vrabel that is a great coach in the NFL that's defensive minded. Tomlin, uh, maybe Mike, Mike Tomlin, uh, Pete Carroll. Yeah, but they're not contending. Eh, they I might. Mean, but I, I, if you look at the the Rams, the Bengals, <laughs> the Chiefs. Yeah, the, they're uh, all offensive coordinators. I mean, the Chargers guy's an idiot, but, you know, all, Staley, b- yeah. by and large, these the, the Vikings, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell. O'Connell. Yep. I mean, it's it's, a, it's literally anybody, Mike McDaniel, it's anybody that's touched the Shanahan-McVay tree. Right. You want to, and, and, and it's a thing that I don't understand, right? Belichick had this fantastic relationship with Mike Shanahan. Why wouldn't he then go be picking guys from that tree? Because it's at least from a coaching tree that he trusts. Right. It doesn't have to be the Bill Parcells tree, Bill. It doesn't have to be your tree or the Saban tree. It can be other guys that have other experiences. Brian Dayball has been it did such a good job for himself because he, he learned under Belichick. He learned under Nick Saban. He went around. He moved around. He, and then he, he became Josh this, Allen and he, the Bills. He became this well-rounded head coach and that's why he's having so much success you want to find guys that are willing to become well-rounded and grow and matt patricia and joe judge are not those guys all right i like shime's three-point plan i want everybody to call him with their own three-point plan between now and one o'clock 617-779-7937 but first let's go to the phones if i can do this correctly yes Woo. mike uh how are you this morning good guys how are you excellent good Shime and Curtis, I want to tell you something. I've been listening for years to all the shows on EEI. I really think, and I mean this, both of you have the clearest, most specific factual view on the Patriots. Shime, I love your three-part plan. I want to add to it a little bit. Ooh, okay, what do you got? That's a four-part. All all I've been hearing is Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, and believe me, I think he's very good, but I think people need to think out of the box. Now, with Belichick, there is a guy locally that he's friendly with that is absolutely a program builder and fabulous offensively. His name is Bob Chesney. He's the head coach of Holy Cross. Every level he's been at, he has built a winner. They're currently undefeated. I know it's like 1AA or FCS or whatever you got, you know, whatever it's called. 
He is fabulous. Right? Also, excuse me? They're going to the national championship, correct? Uh, they're not quite. I think the they're in the final eight. That, they're facing that one of the Dakotas. Still going. Yeah. I also want to throw out another college name that's available. I kind of know him personally, but it's Dan Mullen, former Florida coach. Another outstanding mind. As far as the NFL coordinators or whatever, you could look at a Frank Reich. You could see if a Cliff Kingsbury gets fired by Arizona. Listen, if we get Bill O'Brien, great. But if we don't, really opening up opening up and thinking outside the box is what's needed. As far as a defensive coordinator and your three-step plan, in a heartbeat, if I'm Belichick, I bring in Brian Flores, but he won't because of the nepotism with his son, Steve. I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right, Mike. Thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, we are late, so we're going to get to Joe here in one second. But coming up next, I'm actually curious, Shime and everybody else, who do you trust more, Red Sox or Patriots, to bring a oh, championship boy. back? Because both teams were once running this town, and right now I can't remember a time where they've both been where they are seemingly miles away from a championship. But first, here's Joe Braverman to tell you what's trending. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. Ken and Curtis, Ken Laird is at home in Brookline under the covers. Uh, we are broadcasting live from the Greg Hill Foundation's Jingle All the Way 5K, live from Cisco Ooh. at the Portsmouth, New Hampshire Brewery here, brew, Brewery here as I try and <laughs> speak English. Uh, good spread being put out in front of us. Oh, and looks delicious. Uh, by the way, uh, anyway, I'll get to it later. But the uh, we've been talking about the Patriots. Shime has a three-point plan that may go down with the Gettysburg Address as the most important plan in the history of American <laughs> discourse. Uh, quickly, can you, can you give a quick summary of your three-point plan for the audience? Yep, so uh, strip down the offense completely. Sell off everything as much as you can uh, and start with bare bones. Basically, Ramondre Stevenson, David Andrews, maybe a couple other small pieces, but... Strip it basically all the way down and fire the offensive coordinator or move him upstairs, get him out of the building. Secondly, you need to start drafting young talent. You need to get somebody in here, a GM, uh, maybe John Robinson from Tennessee. He's out on the street now. Yep. Bring him in. He had 
they had a lot of success when he was in the front office uh, at, at drafting some talent. I'm pretty sure he was in the building when Hightower was picked. And was he fired because of Hollywood Brown's performance? No, Hollywood Brown. AJ Brown. AJ Brown's performance. Yes, with the because Eagles. Mike Mike Vrabel was pissed on draft night when they traded AJ Brown. Uh, there's there's a video of him getting up and literally walking out of the room. He was so frustrated with John Robinson, and so this was a moment where AJ Brown came and dominated the Titans. Mike Vrabel looked at ownership and said, "See, this is what we did. We got rid of this guy who I wanted to keep here." And they can John Robinson to get a guy in that will probably work more in lockstep with Mike Vrabel. Got it. So, uh, but John Robinson, a Patriot guy, that's just an example. There are a multitude of other GM guys who are good at scouting talent. What about Dimitrov? He's been out of the league for a bit. Yep. There's a bunch of different people. I mean, you, you can you can find him. I, I'm sure Macro does great, but whatever. Yeah, get somebody in here with some knowledge and some understanding of good NFL talent to help you draft. And then lastly, it's. Start building the team. Start building the offense and go from there. You need to start drafting the young talent and start moving forward. You need to start you, you need to be a little bad to get a little good sometimes. Right. You know, one step back, two steps forward. Bingo. You cannot the worst place in football all the time is to just sit in the middle. That's why I, I really like Mike Tomlin, but what the Steelers have done over the last seven or eight years has been tough for them because you're just sitting in the middle, right? You're a playoff team borderline playoff team but you always have a winning record so you're never picking in the top 10 but you're also never at the back end of the draft because you're in the Super Bowl and that's the worst place to be in football and right now that's exactly where the Patriots find themselves so they need to move in one direction or the other they don't have a superhuman quarterback therefore you need to move down on the leader on, on the leaderboard and move up in the draft picks so my issue with this team right now is pretty simple they do not have any sign of being in quote contention none they make you know there's there's three teams for one playoff spot the raiders the jets and the patriots and actually you know who's coming up the side there is the steelers they're at five and seven right now yep so if the patriots lose the steelers beat the ravens this weekend they're six and seven i know those patriots have the head-to-head over the steelers but that may be a team that supplants the raiders that the third wild card to get the last wild card so no matter whether or not they somehow go 9-8 and eight and sneak into the playoffs, we no, nobody in the sound of my voice believes the Patriots are a contending team to win the Super Bowl this year. And I don't know how you get there without making wholesale changes to how you build and develop the roster. Because the way the Patriots did it worked for 20 years, but it wasn't so much that their plan worked. It's they had what is a prerequisite to win, which is an all-time great quarterback. If you have Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, by and large, one of those guys, you're going to be contending every year. Yep. No always. matter who the head coach is, whether it's Mike McCarthy or Bill Belichick, whether it's Mike Tomlin or, you know, Sean Pete McVay Carroll or, or Pete Carroll, any number of the, you know, even a guy like Ken Wisenhunt got to a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Yes. A guy that was a lifelong, you know, coordinator. So... They don't have that, and I don't think they're going to get that this offseason. In the absence of that, you have to make the decision to lift the talent around the quarterback as much as possible, like the Miami Dolphins did this offseason. If like you're the going 49ers to, have done with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're going to say, how do you contend quickly, and who's closer to contention, whether it's the Red Sox or the Patriots, I disagree with Doug. I disagree with anybody that says the Red Sox are closer because I don't think Henry wants to invest correctly and build properly to get this team where it's a legitimate contender for the long run. See, I think... And uh, let me just finish quickly. Yeah, go Because for it. I think if the Patriots do what the Dolphins did last offseason, 
I don't know who's going to be available. I didn't know Tyreek Hill was available. Yeah. So we didn't know Devontae Adams was available. So I don't Guys know what the receiver the is that's going to come available that's going to be disgruntled wherever he is. But if you trade a first round pick for an elite receiver, and if you trade a they have a couple seconds, they have a couple thirds, if you if you navigate the draft board to get known commodities on other teams, you immediately and you augment it with paying elite talent elsewhere this offseason where you have ample cap room if you still believe in the cap you can do it you know they 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 can build around mac jones and make mac as good as he can because i think mac and tua skill wise are relatively similar yes i agree with you so all of a sudden Tua is an mvp candidate it's because he has a special play caller and special talent right so get the best coach you can i don't know who it is don't you know ryan day if ryan day somehow gets fired by ohio state because they're nut jobs down there or in, in, in columbus and you get a brilliant offensive young mind to put him in charge of the offense where it is their offense, a la Sean McVay on the offense, Bum Phillips coaching the defense the way the Rams did when they went to the Super Bowl in 2018. Just divide and conquer, get less on the plate of Bill, get a brilliant offensive mind, and use the equity you have in both draft and cap space to immediately make the team a contender again. I don't think it's that crazy. Nobody would have said that the Dolphins, at the conclusion of last season, were going to have a MVP-level quarterback play from Tua. No. But they did because they made great changes in the offseason. Sure, but I also think it's going to take more than one offseason, right? The issue, the, the issue is is the Dolphins kind of set themselves up in the right spot. They had a great young receiver in Jalen Waddle that they had drafted the year prior. They knew that Tua was capable. But they just didn't know exactly what his skill level was. And so then it's like, okay, we have the building the building blocks at least to have some success. You have corner, uh, a cornerstone defender right. in Xavier Howard. And it's there's, there's pieces there you can just build off of. Whereas on the Patriots' offense – are there those pieces? Like, can you, can you theoretically, in one offseason, go out and acquire um, at least one dominant left tackle, if not two tackles, uh, a supreme wide receiver, like a top league, top end wide receiver, and get a, an amazing play caller all in one offseason? Well, how about this? Probably difficult. But let's say you bring in just for lack of a better name, Ryan Day, brilliant offense. Let's just work sure. with me. Let's say it works. Whoever. Yep. You bring Ryan Day on offense. You give Dante two years, $5 million Ooh, to coach Dante. the offensive line. I'm in on this. He'll bring up the talent of the offensive line. You trade for a top-end receiver with a first-round pick. You sign another one. You you use a second-round pick on a tackle. You, you acquire another guy in free agency. Then this team may be a 10-win team next year. And you have – at least you have Mac – you might as well continue with Mac through the duration of his rookie contract because it is so cost-effective that while I know the cap isn't a problem, Robert won't want to spend at the top of the market at that position. You can at least, the very least, today look at Tua. If the Dolphins trade Tua today, he has a far greater trade value than he would have at the conclusion of last season. You can maximize the whatever you spent on that first-round pick by at least getting whatever you can out of him for the next two seasons, and then... Bill's happy because guess what? You're winning more games because you have a more talented roster. You're closer to getting past Shula. He can leave the cupboard more solid for whomever is replacing him. He has less on his plate. He's admitting at 71 years old, maybe I can't do what I used to and have my hand in everything. When in reality, it really wasn't in the offense when you have Tom there. It's not exactly you know hard labor. Yeah. In that way, this team is contending again. With the Red Sox, okay, what are you going to do now? You'll sign Correa for $40 million a year now. Who's in the rotation? Chris Sale 
As, it's, nobody has seen Chris Sale money. or Brian Hoyer yeah. since Sale fell off a bike and Hoyer got hit in Green Bay. Both are in witness protection somewhere. So I have more faith in the Patriots, and I love Cora, but I still, as an actual game coach, manager, I have more faith in Bill to maximize than I do Cora. Yeah, it's it's weird. I just I think in baseball you can buy the talent. Um, I, I think it's available there in one way or another, whether it's buying through trades or buying in free agency with actual cash. I think it's much easier to do it in baseball than it is in football, which is why I would lean towards John Henry being able to fix the Red Sox faster than you know the Crafts and Belichick being able to fix the Patriots. Um, but it's also, you look at the Patriots too, you know, I hate to be the Mac Jones hater, but I'll do it anyways. Uh, it really does eat you up. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> bothers me every day. Um, it, when you look at it, though, if you're trying to acquire draft capital right. and, and build a better, younger, stronger, faster team, Mac Jones would probably get you a decent amount of draft capital. What right would now, he right? get you right now? Uh, like he'd get you like a two and a four, right? Okay, maybe. Okay, so fair compensation there. And is there a major, major difference in Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? Oh, no, not major. Exactly. And so I think you would get... And he's much more malleable. Yeah, and Bailey Zappi's more malleable. You have him, uh, same contract duration, cheaper money, and you can He's get, very polite. He is very polite. And you get more value out of Mac Jones. So if you're stripping this down to the studs and you're going to keep one quarterback to roll with... You can't go to the, the roller coaster at Six Flags, but other than that... <laughs> If you <laughs> if you're picking one quarterback to roll with, like it, it kind of makes sense that you just roll with Zappy. Right. Although yep. we did learn yesterday that short people are more likely to be psychotic and narcissists. So that's maybe true. Zappy but has I, that. yeah, I I, I got to tell you though, a buddy of mine might be the shortest guy I know, the jolliest. Guy oh, I good. Know. All right. Well, maybe we can't judge everybody by one study. Uh, let's get to your call six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. It smells phenomenal in here, and I'm not it just really talking does. about shame. Oh, thank you, uh, Tony in the car. Hello, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Um, I just wanted to touch. I just wanted to touch on something. One of you guys just said a few minutes ago about how the Patriots no longer have that transitional superstar of a lifetime, referring to Brady. And I just think, in general, sports, with probably the exception of basketball, is is naturally going to lean away towards that one guy that can carry a team. Because I just think that the way things are going in youth sports and college sports i don't think anybody has is going to have that type of mindset that brady had where football was his life i don't think that type of athlete exists anymore going up through the ranks and i kind of want to know what you guys think about that yeah uh tony that's a you know i i thought the same thing this past offseason i there are certain people where it will always be different like i think patrick mahomes is driven to win, he wants to beat Tom. I, I believe the reason Tom continues to play is that he felt Mahomes on his ass, and he's like, hey, I don't want you to be winning, and I'm sitting at home saying I'm better than that guy you're losing to, or you're beating in the Super Bowl. Mahomes, Burrow. Burrow is awesome. But, I think that guy in particular, he has that kind of mindset. But, again, that Brady mindset is unique. That's what makes him right. the greatest of all time. You know what's crazy that I always find and I respect so much is that a guy like Michael Jordan, who owns a basketball team – is the most beloved decorated athlete of my lifetime. Does those NBC Sunday night promos talking about the six titles or what are you not now? You got seven. And the reason he does it, in my opinion, is that he loves being connected to the juice. Yeah. That oh, he, yeah. He wants to be in the conversation with Tom. They golfed together years ago in the Bahamas. It was this, like, knockdown thing. The Tigers, the Kobe's, the Brady's, the Jordan's. 
they are unique in every way. Like Magic and Bird maintain their rivalry off the court in a fr- you know. Th- there's just certain people that are just like that. And I, I, I really believed though that the Patriots dynasty is never going to be approached because of what it was like with the Rams this offseason. I watched them from afar, McVay, Aaron Donald, Stafford. It's like they won a championship. A. And they were McVay was thinking of retiring. Aaron Donald needed to be convinced to keep playing. Like Tom Brady's won 7 and he needs to be convinced to stop. Yeah. Like that's the difference and I do think that the next generation of specialized, you know, team sports there is going to be fewer and fewer people that commit to it. And the Live Tour was an example of this where people like Dustin Johnson, who I think has two majors. I know he's got a master's. And it's like he leaves and isn't really worried about that stuff because yeah. I'm never going to be Tiger, so the what's money. the point? Just give me the bag. the bag. Yeah. So I, I do think that there is some uh, credibility to that. And um, I would tend to agree, yeah. I, I absolutely think that there, there's a different mentality right now uh, amongst a lot of players. And, and, of course, you know, there may come a time where there's uh, somebody that – you know, steps up and has that mentality again, but it's it's a unique characteristic that is uh, hard to come by. I mean, a guy like Greg Hill wins an effing Marconi, and he's running outside for the people. In, I in mean, freezing weather, by the way. They just don't build him like that anymore. I heard nope. he just got past the half-mile marker, so wow, he's really impressive. making good time. Uh, you can join us here as we broadcast live from the Jingle All the Way 5K at the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at 617-779-7937, and I have the greatest tease in the history of radio. David from Florida, the worst caller W <laughs> WEEI is going to give us his three-point plan oh, to boy. solve the Patriots' woes. Next. All right, we are here at the... Jingle all the way 5K at the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and the runners are trickling in. It's actually not too bad out. Easy for me to say I haven't been running in the, in the freezing cold, but I just ran out to my car. I saw Greg. He's now at three-quarters of a mile, so he's doing – I just Slowly checked my along. Google Maps. He's doing it, doing it 130. Nice. Okay, perfect. Um, just just after Ripe gets started. Yeah, so we're, we're going to find out. Yeah, in the morning, Doug. He'll be here in the morning. We're going <laughs> to see if David in Florida can give three concise, intelligible reasons and plans for the Patriots Come to on, succeed David. before Greg finishes the 5K. So you're on the clock right now, David. Go ahead. Good morning. You know, Christopher, Chris Curtis, you know, I'm just getting sick and tired of you. Now, my, uh, my, my three points. They need yep. a, a new, a new offensive coordinator. Love it. They need to, they need to fix the line, and Great they need, point. as you alluded to, and I got to give you credit for this. It's just very obvious. They need a number one receiver. I, there we go. Look at that. Precise. Good job, David. I can go home. Excellent job. They need to fix the O line. They need an offensive coordinator, and they need receivers. I would have never guessed either of those three, three any of those three things, but he's right on the money. And I think it's not that difficult in today's NFL to build a team that way. Where was Josh Allen before he got Stephon Diggs? Uh, middling. Okay. So where was Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins? Well, he hadn't been there. But see, <laughs> Bill's fan right here. He knows. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, they're great right now because they have a great quarterback and they have weapons around them. 100%. And and, and he was trained by a great offensive coordinator, Brian, Brian Dayball. Dayball. Exactly. And a, and he was trained coach. by the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, exactly. So it's... There's a, there's a clear process right now in how to succeed in the NFL, and it's good play caller, 
good quarterback, elite receiver talent. If you have those three things, you can win. You are immediately a competitor. I mean, Joe effing Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals got to a Super Bowl and he had he was sacked over 50 times. That was the first time that had ever happened in NFL history. So right now, the way football is being played, elite quarterback, elite receiver talent, good play caller, makes you a competitor every time. And the thing about the NFL today is, as we've seen the last two primetime games, Thursday night and Monday night, you had two teams without their quarterback, without a good, I mean, without a, a two-minute miracle or three-minute miracle, they mm-hmm. lose the game. The Bucks had Brady at the end of the game. Within 13 points, they score twice. In the NFL, you need that. The best stat I saw this entire week, Tom Brady and Joe Burrow are tied in the NFL with nine nine fourth-quarter touchdown passes. Number one, awful year for Brady, first to admit, been a disaster. It has. He leads the NFL in touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. It's crazy. Mac Jones hasn't thrown one. Bailey Zappi hasn't thrown one. The Patriots don't have a fourth-quarter touchdown pass this season. We just saw Baker effing Mayfield a day after being signed by the Rams. For an absolute dime to Van Jefferson. So that is basically at its core. You need a quarterback you trust to come back late, and you need receivers you trust to come open even in spots you know they're being double-covered. And it's one of the reasons I get so frustrated when we have that young quarterback or the at least the mac jones draft class of quarterback debate because you watch trevor lawrence do it just a couple weeks ago against baltimore right. a minute and change on the clock what does he do just an absolute nails of a drive down the field to win the football game and score the touchdown and he almost did it against detroit or uh, not detroit i forget what I team it was, it was where like christian Fal- kirk was tackled at like uh, the falcons, the falcons. Yep. christian kirk tackled at like the two yard line so i mean the guy has shown you he's capable of doing that. And so when people are like, oh, Mac Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, what has Mac Jones done in crunch time when it matters that shows you that he's even capable of doing it? Right. And what you saw on Thursday night, it feels like a month ago now, against the Bills, was a coach who gave you everything you need to know about his feelings about the offense and the quarterback. In a week where totally depleted, I think it was a 94 five-yard touchdown drive down 13 points the first score yep brady took the bucks back and won the game against one of the best defenses in the nfl i think the number one red zone defense the saints you have the patriots at home in a must-win game down 17 points and 14 points in the fourth quarter and you just called it off you didn't even try nope you just packed it in and said ah get them next time boys and it's just like I, I can't fathom how you watch that and you see that this offense is as inept as it is at a time when the offense is as essential to the success of a team as it's ever been in the history of the NFL and say, you know, I trust what they're doing to get better right away. It's 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 really difficult. Like, it's – you need – that's why in part of my plan, it's you need to start over completely on I don't offense. know who had a better plan, you or David. Uh, I think that might have been the same. But. Yeah, well, David's three points were all tied into, like, my third point, but right. it's fine. Uh, you know, regardless, you need to you need to start fresh. You need to build an offensive system that can compete. It doesn't have to be number one in the NFL. It doesn't have to be this high-flying, super analytically driven or even just point-scoring offense. You don't have to blow teams out like you're the 07 Patriots. 
You just have to be good. You have to be efficient, and you have to have a play caller and a guy you can trust when it comes down to it in a one-score game that can get you down the field and get you the points you need. All right, who do you think is closer? How do you get back quicker to the success of the Patriots than the Red Sox had earlier this past decade? Red Sox or Pats, we are live from the Jingle All the Way 5K at the Cisco Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Greg Hill is slowly making his way back here. We'll hear from Greg. We'll hear from Santo, Coco, a cast of thousands as we broadcast here from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.